Well, 2022 is gone. 2023 is here. Uh, I don't know what memories you may have about this previous year, uh, but this morning my wife handed me some 60-second video that she made on some type of app that takes like a one-second uh, a, a one second picture, and I don't know, it's like a sixty, like a sixty second type thing. And I got, I got to look at my whole year, twenty twenty two, just in a snapshot in like, in like sixty seconds or like a minute and a half or, or something like that. And uh, wow, you know, there's there's so much that happens in a year. There's so many things that take place. And if we're not careful, there's so many things that just kind of slip by that we forget about. Uh, one of the things that's great about living in our day and time is that uh, we do have certain technology that helps us to kind of to kind of remember things. But as you recount your year, as you as you think about 2022, are you happy with how you spent that time? Are you are are you pleased? With what, you, with what you did with those 12 months, with those 365 days? Are, 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 are you pleased with how you managed it and what you did with it and, and how you spent it, so to speak? I guess maybe a better question um, would be, are, do you feel like that God is pleased with how you spent that time? Do you feel like that God is pleased with the things that you did and how you utilized your time and what you did with your time and the activities that you engaged in? Is he pleased with how you managed it? Or really more to my point this morning, uh, is he pleased with how you stewarded your time? Uh, being, a, being a steward, by the way, that's a good word. A steward is something that we manage on behalf of someone else. You know, time doesn't belong to us. Uh, we don't really own it. We talk about how we have time and how we manage time, uh, but, but the truth is God is the Lord of time. He is sovereign over time, and He has blessed us and given us a certain measure of time. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know if we'll be here at the end of this year. Uh, odds are there's people that you know, maybe even you yourself, maybe you won't be here at the beginning of 2024. Uh, we don't know how much time we have left. And uh, certainly we don't have a crystal ball to know what the future holds and, and, and what things will happen. But is God pleased with how you utilized your time? And will you make a commitment this year in 2023 to steward the time that God has blessed you with in a way that is honoring and that is pleasing to Him? You know, to me, this is the difference between time management and stewardship of time. Uh, time management is simply saying, I'm going to manage my time uh, to reach my own personal goals in a way that would please me. But stewardship says, you know what, everything I have belongs to God. Even the time that I'm allotted belongs to God. And I'm going to use God's time, what he has given to me, I'm going to utilize it and steward it in a way that is pleasing to him. And so I want to talk to you about that today. This sermon is going to be a little bit different. I'm, first off, I'm going to read from a book that you probably don't read very much, uh, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, although this will be a pretty familiar passage. Uh, you probably don't read the book of Ecclesiastes very much. But the book of Ecclesiastes talks about God's 
timing of things. We are responsible with what we do with the time that God has given to us. We're responsible for it. In the same way that we're responsible for our actions, we're responsible for our words, we're responsible for how we spend our money, we are also responsible for how we utilize our time. There are two words in the New Testament, uh, or really you could say two concepts of time that's found all throughout the Bible. The first one is clock time. We could uh, use the Greek word chronos, uh, but the clock time, like right now it's 11.06. What are we going to be doing at 12.06? Do we have a plan for what's going to happen at 2.30 or at 6 o'clock? Um, that's that's, that's a one concept of time that we see in Scripture. The other concept of time, more to my point this morning, is, uh, is more like, a, like an opportune time or an appointed time or perfect timing. Like whenever you're swinging a baseball bat, uh, you, you can't have a, a time on the clock that tells you when to swing a baseball bat. There's an opportune time, a, a, a perfect moment in which you can swing that bat and hit that baseball just the right way at just the right time. Same with a golf ball, same with a lot of different things in life. And that's what we're going to talk about today, God's timing, His perfect timing. And we're going to start by reading Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, I invite you to stand with me as we look at these verses together. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1. For everything there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 in my mind just really ties it all together. He, meaning God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Let's pray. God, we know that you are sovereign and you are in control of time. God, you are in control of the clock. You are in control of the opportune times. You're in control of everything. Help us, Lord, to steward the time that you've given us. Lord, the days are so short. We don't know how many we have left. God, help us to steward them for your glory and for your pleasure. Teach us from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I bet as we go through this passage, you can probably think of some examples 
of like, when is the, when is the opportune time to dance or, or to laugh? When is the, when is the right time to, uh, to mourn or to cry? Uh, but you could probably also maybe have questions about this task. Uh, or excuse me about about these verses. Like uh, when when is the when when is when is the right time for war? Uh, when is when is the right time to hate? That seems uh, that seems a, a little difficult. You you probably as I do have a lot of questions about this text and about God's perfect timing and how we steward our time. In fact, there's really a lot of rich theological value, a lot of mystery as well to to, to this text. I'm not really going to delve into a lot of that this morning. I want to talk to you about some practical things. It's been a few years. I think, I, I think it's been about three or maybe four years, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, I, I preached uh, and used these verses uh, about, about this, this time of year. Uh, but I want to I be a little more practical this time. Uh, and and I, I guess not so theological because, man, when it talks, when we start thinking about time and, and timing and God's timing. Man, we can really just jump down a rabbit hole of some really complicated things. I want to kind of stay on a practical level today uh, about about how um, uh, about how we how we fulfill God's timing. And when we look at this passage, all of these activities that we see, it is God's will for mankind to engage in and to embrace all of these activities, but according to a certain timing. Uh, and time management and principles of time management that we can get from our local bookstore and read in books in our local bookstore, they just, they, just, they just don't capture the essence of the spiritual value of how we steward our time uh, for God's glory. Our goal as Christians, our goal is to align all of the, the events of our life that make us laugh or make us cry or when we build up or when we tear down or plant or pluck or all of these things, lose, cast away, find, all of these things, we align all of these events that are listed in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we align the choices that we make with God's perfect timing. Wow, that's hard. That, that's, that's a little bit of a challenge to know exactly when certain things should and should not happen and exactly when we should and should not do certain things. That can be a little bit of a challenge. There's really three principles that we see in this passage. First, we see kind of established patterns of nature. Established patterns of nature. A when to plant and when to pluck. These are things that we don't really have control over. Uh, if you want to know when the leaves are going to turn in the fall, well, we know generally when the leaves are going to start to turn beautiful, depending on where you live and, 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 uh, and what the weather is like. But there's a certain timing in which it happens, and we don't really have control over that. So we see established patterns in nature. And then we see certain things that God is just in sovereignly in control of. When there's birth and when there's death. I mean, we don't really have a lot of control over that. 
there are certain things, certain activities that happen in life according to God's timing, and our choices really don't factor into it a whole lot. They're just things that God does. But then we see some things where we make choices according to life and according to our timing that we want to align with God's timing. The Bible talks about when to kill and when to heal, when to mourn and when to dance. So, for example, you threaten the life of my children. It could be a time that I would kill, right? Uh, there's, there's certain times uh, for everything. Uh, someone having a heart attack, a time to heal. If we're at a funeral, it's a time to mourn. If we're at a wedding, it's a time to dance. These are things that as, just practically as believers, we understand. But God's timing in all of these things is always beautiful and always perfect uh, as we see in verse 11. And like I said before, what we want to do is we want to align our choices and our acceptance of what God does around us. We want to align ourselves with God's timing. Anybody else find this difficult? Listen, I know my timing my timing is right now for something I want. My timing for something that I don't want is never. Okay, anybody else work off that timeline? If I like it and I want it, the time is now. If I don't like it and it's not desirable for me, the time is never. Wouldn't it be great if the world worked that way, but that's not how it works. And listen, that's not how God works. If you think that's how God works, you're going to be very, very, very disappointed uh, in, in a lot of ways. I find that most of the time, I have to wait for God's perfect timing. I find that it calls for a lot of patience, and it calls for a lot of faith and trust on my part to wait for God's perfect timing. I also find that there are some things that God does and some things that happen around me that are according to God's will and God's timing, but I don't particularly like it. I don't particularly want it to happen that way. But yet God is still in His sovereignty, knows what He's doing. Patience. How many of you are good with patience? Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? But as Christians, aren't we called to patience? Is it not a fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. Patience means being steadfast and enduring through the trials of life. And patience and faith says, God, I'm going to trust in your timing. And if something is happening to me or in me or around me that I don't like, then I'm going to trust that perhaps it is the opportune time, even though I don't like it, and it's your timing. And if I want something to happen and it's not happening, then the same patience and the same trust is called for. How many of you face stress and anxiety in this life? I think we would all have to raise our hands. 
I think that many of you during this Christmas season, you probably were faced with a lot of stress and anxiety. Well, I have to go and I have to visit someone. I have to go visit family over here and I have to go over there and do that. And I have to, you know, go and travel. And oh, what I, did, did I get all the gifts that I needed to get? Oh, did I, did I get all my Christmas stuff down uh, fast enough? Some of you still have it up. I mean, you still have your Christmas stuff up. Oh, man, we got some hardcore Christmas, Christmas people here, right? First of the year, you still got it up. It's okay. Um, but holidays can be pretty stressful time. Many of you are going to begin to go back to work. Maybe you had a great break. Maybe you had a great break this, um, this Christmas season. But now it's time to get back to work. And you're already thinking about, man, how you're going to hit the ground running uh, to, uh, to, uh, tomorrow. You're going to start that new work week, new year. And you're already thinking about all the projects that you have going up and all the, all the plans that you have, all the meetings, all the stuff uh, that's going to be taking place. If, uh, if you're a student, school's about to get started back up. You're college student, uh, uh, high school student, middle school student, whatever. You know, all that's about to get going to be homework again, tests, studying. It's all about to get cranked up again. Stress and anxiety, it just seems to be a natural flow that we experience in life. But I don't think that if we are accepting of God's timing... And if we are wise in how we steward the time that God has given to us, I believe there is a spiritual, not a, not a, not a calendaring principle, but a spiritual principle of how we can manage stress and how we can manage anxiety. And if you have too much stress, we know we're going to have stress in this life. We know we're going to have anxiety. We know there's, we're going to be a little bit busy. We know that's going to happen. But if there's too much of it in your life, if you look back at 2022 and you can say, man, I was, I was so busy and so stressed and I had so much anxiety. And, and if you're looking forward into 2023 and you're like, oh my goodness, it's going to be such a busy year and I have so much going on. And if that tends to be how you live your life, two things, two indicators. Number one, either you are not stewarding your time properly, or number two, you're not accepting and patient in what God is doing around you. You know, a lot of stress and anxiety can just can be dealt with just by us increasing our faith and saying, God, I trust you. And certainly a lot of our stress and anxiety can be dealt with if we steward our time properly. And I want to talk to you about four areas. I'm going to hit them pretty quick. I want to talk to you about four areas that I believe that we need to steward and we need to manage for God's glory based upon His perfect timing that we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The first thing that we have to learn to manage is our time working. This is going to be the majority of your time. The majority of your time is going to be spent working. Whether you're employed or not, we all have tasks. We all have things that we have to do. We all have work to accomplish. And this, honestly, this a lot of the time causes us the most stress. It causes us the, the most anxiety, the things that we tend to get the most anxious about. It's all of the things that we have to do and take care of. 
If you're employed, it's probably stress at work, or am I going to make ends meet? If you're not employed, it's other responsibilities that God maybe have, has naturally given to you. But we are designed as humans to work. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, uh, the Bible says God, uh, God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. This was before sin entered into the world. Before sin entered into the world, we were created and we were designed to work. After the fall of man, it became a little more difficult. Genesis 3, God says thorns going to come up from the ground. It's going to be a little bit harder. This is something that we have to learn to manage and we have to learn to steward for God's glory. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, you don't know the job that I work. You don't know the people that I'm around. You don't know the the boss that I have to report to. Uh, You don't know how little I get paid and how much I have to work in order to to make ends meet. And I, I I know what some of you are thinking in that. And there are certain things that are beyond your control. But you should be able now to work your way over a long period of time to position yourself to where you're not so overloaded all the time, even if that means a career change. And for a lot of you, uh, that may not be practical. But too much work is a bad use of the time that God has given to you. It is sinful to work too much. It is. God has given us limits on our work. The principle of the Sabbath. Uh, you may remember when I did the Ten Commandments, we talked a lot about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath principle is about work and is about worship. Well, if we just talk about the work part, uh, God has told us that we can work six days and we have one day of rest. Rest is required in, 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 in the Sabbath. And this is not just talking about your job. You should be able to complete all the work that you have to do in six days, and then you should have one-seventh of your time where you can just relax. You know, the world tells you it's evil to relax. They do. The world tells you that it is lazy for you to relax. The world really uh, promotes to us a stressful, busy, anxious lifestyle. But God tells us to relax, so we need to have a nothing plan sometime. Uh, but the other part of that is where we sometimes get, get the stress, that six-seventh part of our week. Did I say that right? That part of our week, that majority of time uh, that we spend doing that work, and we need to ask ourselves, is God pleased with how our steward, my time, working? Working too little is lazy. Working too much is being a workaholic. Both of those are sinful. And only you know how to apply that in your life. Only you know how to say, okay, here's the sufficient amount of time that I spend working every week so that God is pleased with how I utilize that. Number two, time with family. Time with family. This is some of the most important time that you need to steward. You need to steward the time with your spouse, with your children, with your grandchildren, with your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your extended family, your church family, your friends. All of the relationships that you have in life, 
This is where you find true richness. And if you're working all the time, if you're working seven days a week and you're always running around ragged and you're, you're working, 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 then basically what happens is your family gets leftovers. If your family is getting leftovers, you're not stewarding your time the way that God wants you to. I believe that the relationships that we have with people in our life, and let's face it, you can only maintain a certain number of relationships. You can only have a certain number of deep friendships, fulfilling friendships where you really share yourself and with, with other people and they really share themselves uh, with you. You can only have a limited number of those. And those are the most important things. Th those relationships should be prized more than anything else in life. Your spouse, your children, your extended family, your close friends, you need to allot a certain amount of time every week or certainly every month so that you can pour yourself into those people and so that those people can pour themselves into you. When you are laying on your deathbed, how much you work your job is not what you're going to be thinking about. The bosses and employees that you so, tried so hard to please or to manage, they probably are not going to be the people that are going to be gathered around you. It is going to be the relationships with people that you have built. Though That is where the richness of life comes from. Now, unfortunately, we have to spend a lot of time working. That's just the way that God designed us. But we have to steward our time in a way so that we can be with these people. And if you are so busy that all they get is your leftovers, your life is never going to be fulfilled. Dads, uh, I'm, I, I can just talk to you as a dad you, 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 have, you, have to, you have to make sure that you initiate this and lead this in your home. This has to be part of your, uh, of your responsibility uh, in, in leading that. Number three, time in worship and service to God. If you're too busy to come to church, you're too busy. If you're too busy to give God... 52 days of worship. One hour, 52 days a year. Now listen, I know things come up providentially hindered. But I mean, I think that corporate worship with God's people every Sunday for an hour. I mean, that's, that's how long we worship together. What, okay, an hour and 15 minutes when, when Andy's music goes too long. An, uh, an, an hour and 15 minutes uh, in, in worship. Singing and praying and, and listening to the Word of God and, and being encouraged and being challenged, being convicted of sin, offering yourself to God. This is a bare minimum. But we should give even more than that. We should give our service, we should give our service to God in other ways, not just through His church. We know that, I mean, obviously I encourage all of you to go to a life group. I mean, that adds an hour and, and volunteering and service and different things and, and going on mission trips. I mean, that adds more. But we should be serving God in other ways too, telling other people about Jesus and, and honoring Him. If you're too busy to worship and serve God, you're too busy. Whatever it is that keeps you away 
from setting a goal and saying, 52 Sundays out of the year, I'm going to worship Jesus with God's people. Whatever it is that is standing in the way of that, get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Whatever it is. Now listen, I, I, I feel all you families with kids just say, oh man, we're just so busy with family stuff. Like I got six kids too. I, under, I understand. I get it. Your kids need to be taught that Sunday is the Lord's day. We cancel everything else on Sundays so that we can be with God's people and worship. And it seems to be in our culture, it's, it's cultural for Christians to say, no, we're going we're gonna to cancel church on Sunday and prioritize something else for 20 or 25 or 30 or 35 weeks out of the year. Whatever it is that is keeping you from prioritizing time, worshiping and serving God, get it out of your life. And number four, and this is the most important, Personal time with God. This is so simple and so basic, and we say it so redundantly, but yet we neglect it. We neglect it so often. It's just like exercise. You're hearing a lot, of, you're hearing a lot about exercise this time of year. Listen, 